For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Unexpected trouble? CashNet USA can take the stress out of borrowing emergency funds. Our fast, secure application process makes it easy to apply online 24-7. Plus, CashNet USA offers same-day funding if approved before 10.30 a.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Additional terms may apply. Visit CashNetUSA.com or tap the banner to apply today. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. Hurts, Ethan, first down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered. I'm your co-host, Ed Kratz, and I am. it's a pleasure to be joined by these two gentlemen, uh, also co-hosts of Eagles Unfiltered, and my colleagues at the SI.com Eagle Maven, John McMullen and Connor Miles. Uh, thanks for joining me, guys. It's Sunday night, springtime, but the draft is just four days away, and uh, that's why we're here. That's why we've gathered together to kind of figure out what the Eagles might do. Um, I guess what we'll do here, fellas, is we'll go, we'll start with the first pick and we'll alternate picks until we get to the Eagles pick at number 12. And then you guys can do whatever you want with it. If you want to, uh, or, you know, if you want to trade up and it's, you know, you're picking at number nine and you want to trade up, go ahead. If you want to trade back, that's your prerogative. But then after we do our picks at 12, if we stay at 12, uh, then we'll just continue with what we think the Eagles will do in the second and third rounds, uh, and then give some thoughts on the final day of the draft where the Eagles have five of their 11 picks in the round six and seven, uh, which is really, you know, kind of hit or miss territory, but that's what we'll do. That's how we'll run this thing. And, um, John Connor, welcome. Any thoughts before we start from either of you? Uh, I don't have many thoughts, but (laughs) (laughs) I think it was interesting that you said, you know, it's hit or miss on day three for the Eagles. It's hit or miss at number 12 (laughs) for the Eagles. So I think you're being kind of kind there. Yeah, it's a good point, John. (laughs) I'm excited to uh, discuss the quarterback factory that we assemble for the Eagles as well for this this curtain draft. Yeah, yeah, they they need one. And don't forget the GM factory because, you know. Uh, a lot of uh, consternation about the process for the Eagles. And, you know, Ed, I just wrote that story on SI uh, Eagles Maven about what the, you know, how the board and how you should make it look, should look like and how the Eagles have been doing it, which is basically ignoring the scouts and saying, Oh, by the way, no, we're going to go this way. And I think that creates a lot of anger to be honest in the organization. You talked to a couple heavyweights for that article, too. Former GMs, right? Blake Benningfield, uh, former Titans. 
Yeah, Blake is a former college scouting director of the Titans, but he was there for about 20 years. So he's well-versed in the process. And Andrew Brandt, obviously, you know, with the Packers, he, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, got a lot of interesting intel as far as what he did with the Packers uh, over the years. And by the way, Andrew was here. A lot of people forget. He was here for a couple of years, more of a consultant role, but he was in the war room with the Eagles. And back then, when Andrew was here, he said Andy Reid was firmly in control. Jeffrey Lurie was there, but you didn't see this, oh, we're going to take J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. We're going to take Jalen Hurts. So, you know, I I think that's one of the things I'd call it, kind of called it a politician. Andy Reid is good at steering people in the direction he wants them to go. I don't think Doug Peterson was good at that. We'll see if Nick Sirianni's good at it. So I, I guess what you're saying, John, is no matter who we pick here, it doesn't matter because Jeffrey Lurie is going to have the final say. Is that right? Is that kind of what we're getting at here? Well, it, 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 I mean, you laugh. I mean, he did pick Jalen Hurst. That was a Jeffrey Lurie pick. He did pick J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. That was a Jeffrey Lurie pick. He kind of, you know, whether he overtly stated it, that was kind of the guy running the show on those two particular picks. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's, he's going to say, oh, we're taking so-and-so in the seventh round. It's just when he feels really competent or he really believes in a prospect that he sort of uh, puts himself in the middle of the fray, so to speak. Um, And he's the owner. That's his right. But I just don't think it's a good way of uh, doing business. And and by the way, guys, what Andrew Brandt said, even if he's right, it's bad for the organization because – the scouts and the personnel people have been doing this work for seven months. And when they say, for instance, Jeremy Chin was the guy they recommended to take in the second round last year. Now, when you go in a different direction, you know, and maybe Jalen Hurts turns into a superstar, but even the organization takes a hit because these guys have been working and doing their due diligence, as Andrew said, bird dogging for these prospects for all this time. And you just waltz in and say, nope, we're going to go in a different direction. Just doesn't work out well. And that's why you see people leaking to the Philadelphia Choir, Inquirer, the Athletic, and other places. <clears throat> yeah, it's um, so we can only do the best we can here with our picks. But, yeah, I think you, the word that Andrew used was you can feel the life get sucked out of the room when something yeah. like that takes place. And that, yeah. that's a shame. Um, but, all right, listen, we got some work to do here. So let's get to it right now with our mock draft. 2021 Thursday night, first round, second and third rounds on Friday evening. And it finishes up on Saturday, May 1st, same day as the Kentucky Derby, I might add. But uh, anyway, my first pick in this mock draft to March to 12, the Eagles. Tough one. I know. Listen, you know, I thought about going off the board with somebody else, but this is the most (laughs) widely held opinion in all of sports. And it's going to be Jamar Chase. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is who the (laughs) – Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer are going to take Trevor Lawrence. Great pick. Best quarterback in the class. Most experienced. Um, But I like Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, so do, you know, the hundreds and hundreds of other NFL draft experts. So 
Number one, Trevor Lawrence to the Jags. Number two, John, you're on the clock with the New York Jets. Uh, yeah, New York Jets, obviously. I think this is the one quarterback the Eagles would have been interested in. And and kind of when they saw the firewall go up and there was no way they were going to be able to get him, that's when Harry Roseman said, okay, let's just go back in the draft uh, to number 12. Our old friend Joe Douglas taking Zach Wilson from BYU, the quarterback. All right. I have some thoughts on that, but I'll hold them. Connor, you're at three. Do you have any thoughts about Zach Wilson to the Jets? What do you think of him? Um, I'm not the biggest Zach Wilson supporter myself, to be honest with you. I think he has all, I mean, the ceiling is clearly there. And every NFL team sees it. Every team, the consensus is he is the quarterback two of this class. Um, and the Jets are betting on his upside. They pretty much said to themselves, you know, Zach Wilson's potential is way outweighs the the risk of taking on Sam Darnold or trying with Sam Darnold still. So uh, we'll see if they pays off. But uh, pick number three, this is like probably the most interesting pick in this this draft this first round because the 49ers traded up. They know we know they're going to get a quarterback. We just don't really exactly know who. I mean, I'm going to go with the where there's smoke, there's fire. Steve Sarkisian, uh, excuse me, Steve Sar- Sarkisian, the offensive coordinator for Alabama, has ties to Kyle Shanahan. I'm going to, you know, really read to the, between the tea leaves there and take those chemistry and take those ties and say, you know what, they go ahead and they take the plunge. And they do take Mac Jones out of Alabama here at three. I just think there's too much connection there. Um, I know that Trey Lance and Justin Fields, I personally feel are better prospects and better, you know, upside and value at this pick number three. But, you know, the chemistry's there. Oh, Shanahan. You know, he doesn't pick the quarterback you always think he's going to take. He always takes these guys. He's he's advocated for Kirk Cousins. He's advocated for Jimmy Garoppolo. To see him go ahead and get his guy who he thinks that he can bring the best out of, I, I think it's going to happen. I think he's going to take Matt Jones here at three. Yeah. John, what do you think? Think of Jones at three? Yeah, I do. I, I think Connor's right. They traded up for a reason. Early, I think people said it's for Mac Jones, and that's what the whispers around the league were. Then it took a, a, a little bit of wavering, but I, you know, I, I, I think if you look at Kyle Shanahan's history and, and people think about, he loves Kirk Cousins, as Connor says, still, uh, he went to the Super Bowl with Matt Ryan, he went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, he also had a lot of success with RG3, his rookie season in Washington. But I think the end of that season kind of tells you why Kyle Shanahan likes the traditional, more the traditional accurate pocket passer. As much as the success RG3 had, he got hurt. And then it was it. And if you look at Tom Brady playing at his level of 43, Drew Brees, 40, Phillip Rivers, late 30s. You know, bottom line, if you play that dual threat way, you're not going to have that long shelf life. I, I think Kyle Shanahan likes Mac Jones as a prospect and likes the fact that he's going to have him, he thinks, for 10, 15 years. And I think that's what is taking him towards Mac Jones. All right. So that means three quarterbacks gone with the first three picks here, kind of uh, what everybody seems to think is going to happen. We'll see on Thursday night. But that puts me on the clock at number four with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, And it's very interesting, you know, Matt Ryan being 35 years old now, uh, they could go quarterback here, which would be unprecedented for quarterbacks taking with the first four picks. But I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts with this selection tight end from Florida. I just think that there's a lot of smoke uh, in terms of those two camps really talking uh, quite a bit before pro day after pro day. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they've already spoken to Kyle Pitts, agent uh, who I do know Andre Odom, 
Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if those two have already talked and they are coming to some kind of parameters on a contract. So I'm going with tight end Kyle Pitts with the fourth pick, and they're going to ride Matt Ryan's arm until it falls off uh, in a couple of years. I think, you know, these quarterbacks today, if you take care of your body and they do can play, you know, into their late thirties, uh, as long as they stay healthy. And Matt's kind of done that. Matty Ice uh, has stayed relatively healthy through his career. So I think they'll, they'll stick with him and they'll, they'll probably take the best offensive prospect in this draft, Kyle Pitts. Um, all right, so that's uh, the Atlanta Falcons pick at four. That brings us to the Cincinnati Bengals at pick five. And, John, what are your thoughts there? Uh, they signed the right tackle, Riley Reef and free agency. Um, do they go tackle or do they go elsewhere with this pick, do you think? Well, I think they should go with Panay Sewell, uh, the left tackle from Oregon. I think the most important thing for a young quarterback is to protect him. As you mentioned, they signed Bradley Reef, but they're going to play him on the right side. Joe Burrow's coming off the injury, but everything from Cincinnati's indicating Joe himself is really trying to push for that reunion with Jamar Chase, uh, that explosive uh uh, duo from LSU kind of reuniting at the professional level. I, I think the Bengals have to put their foot down and explain to the kid, look, I, I mean, it's more important that you're clean in the pocket. And I think they had, they got to play bad cop to use a Howie Roseman term. And I don't think it's a bad cop because I think Panay Sewell is going to be a star in this league and he's going to be a left tackle for a decade. That's who I'm picking for the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, good good selection. I don't disagree with it. I, I think the Bengals could find somebody first pick in the second round at offensive tackle, but it's not a particularly deep class at tackle. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can, I don't think you can go wrong with Penny Sewell. He's the best tackle, I think, in this class. Maybe Rashawn Slater uh, would have a different argument there. But uh, that brings us to where the Eagles would have been picking had Howie Roseman not traded down to number 12, uh, and that is the sixth pick of this draft and Connor is going to handle that one. It's now the Miami dolphins on the clock at pick six. Connor, what do you have? I have a little bit of wild card here that would go against the grains of the most mock drafts. Uh, I'm going to have Miami taking Devonte Smith out of Alabama here, the Heisman trophy winner. I think, you know, Ed and John, the dolphins are really invested in Tua. Uh, they were the ones that brain and take for Tua. I know his rookie season wasn't what many expect, especially when you compare it to Justin Herbert but they really do believe in Tua Miami, and I think the best way to show your faith in a quarterback is to get him his old college running mate and to give him the best one. And I think they pick between Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith here at this pick. I don't believe they go Jamar Chase. I just think Jamar Chase and Devontae Parker are way too similar. They can need someone that can give him a better compliment. I think Waddle or Smith can do that here, and I think they go with the more proven commodity uh, in Smith. I think they go Devontae Smith here at six. Wow. Well, that would be certainly uh, a very – surprising pick but you know surprising picks happen all the time in this you know every NFL draft especially in the top 10 um, but I think if that's the case then the Detroit Lions would just be pumped to have Jamar Chase sitting there at pick seven you know they lost Kenny Galladay and free agency over to the New York Giants um, they could go a number of different ways the Lions could they they could go linebacker Micah Parsons uh, you know they could go Slater on the offensive line but I, I really think if Jamar Chase is sitting there at pick seven uh, I think the Detroit Lions are going to land themselves uh, the Freddie, Fred Bolitnikoff winner from two years ago, Jamar Chase out of LSU. 
Yeah, I, I I agree with you, Ed. I mean, if Jamar Chase falls to that point, I, I, I think Detroit would be a prime position for a trade-up. I think Atlanta would be a prime position to trade up for a quarterback needy team. I think Carolina at number eight is a, is a prime position for a quarterback needy team to come up, especially if you have Justin Fields and Trey Lance uh, uh moving down the board as they seem to be in this process. So I, I mean, if I'm sitting there in Carolina, I've made my decision with Sam Darnold. They're kind of playing a little bit of a footsie with a fifth year option, but it's pretty clear. They think he's going to be the starting quarterback. So I got to say somebody's moving up and it, to me, it's the Chicago bears or it's the new England Patriots uh, to try to get a quarterback. I'm going to say the bears are going all in because Ryan Pace is GMing for his job. Matt Nagy is coaching for his job. And I don't know about Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. So I think the Chicago Bears are going up and they will take Justin Fields if 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 things break that way. I mean, they can't afford it. It's sort of like that Howie Roseman mentality of, uh, if you're up in the top half of the draft, you need a quarterback, you, you better go get the quarterback. And the Chicago Bears have needed a quarterback since what? Sid Luckman? <laughs> well, that's before my time. Uh, but, yeah, I, okay, I'll go with that. Sid Luckman it is. <laughs> Jim McMahon. You yeah. can't even go Jim McMahon, really. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm going Bears going up. Why not? Nice. I like it. It's a bold move. Get ahead of the Broncos. We're, you know, they're up next with Connor here making that pick. But, yeah, get ahead of the Broncos because they're probably going to be in the market for a quarterback as well. Yeah, uh, they might get they, one still. They, right, they still have one. Connor, who do you like the Broncos here? Pick nine. Well, Chicago stings Denver for taking their defensive coordinator and making him their head coach because that's who Denver was sitting here waiting for at nine was Justin Fields to fall into a lap. So now they have to take the projection here and take the most risk of the quarterback class and take Trey Lance because – this offense is way too talented, and I truly believe Drew Locke is holding them back from their capable potential. And, you know, they have Pat Shermer in-house, who is a quarterback developer. He, he handles it pretty well with uh, some guys you would never expect him to fare so well with. He has the head coach of Vic Banjo, who's really trying to set a tone here in Denver. The defense is there. The offense is not. Drew Locke is not the answer, so they take Trey Lance here at nine. Five quarterbacks in the first nine picks. That's historic. And you know, not all of them are going to hit, right? We've seen quarterbacks get taken in the first round, top 10. And, you know, obviously Carson Wentz, Jared Goff already on their second teams, Marcus Mariota, Jim, uh, Jameis Winston, they're all on their second team. So you know, one of these guys isn't going to make it. Maybe two, one maybe more. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe three, maybe four. Not that, not that good in the last couple of years. So who knows? Yeah. I always think back to the 99 draft with, uh, you know, when, they had all those quarterbacks, you know, Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, and Achilles Smith went one, two, three. And I, you know, and two of them failed. Donovan was the only hit, and the Eagles got it right. Yeah. So, and I always wonder if one of those other quarterbacks, Tim Couch, Achilles Smith, got with Andy Reid, what would have happened? Because so many people think you hand in the card, that's it. You either get a good player or a bad player. So much, it, it doesn't end. It doesn't stop when you hand in that card. You got to develop players. It's got to be the right scheme. Got to be, you know, the right coach uh, and the right player development. And obviously, Donovan McNabb was lucky enough to have that. I, I, you know, if you put 
a an Achilles Smith with Andy Reid, it would have been interesting to see how his career could have changed. Yeah, it's a good point. And, and Tim Couch got hurt, so you know you don't know how how big a uh, you know factor Andy would have been there. But maybe with Achilles and Dante Culpepper was in that draft as well. Yeah. And, um, I think well, he, he had he 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 had a really good early part of his career. Yeah. MVP level season. Then he just tore up his knee. So I think his uh, sort of fall from grace was more injury related, but he was probably the second best quarterback in that draft. Yeah. Five QBs, first nine picks. Still haven't seen a defensive player come off the board, but that's going to change right here uh, with the Dallas Cowboys picking 10 uh, overall. And here this begins a run of NFC East. You know, Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, and this was one of the real downsides to that trade, how he made out of the top 10, is now your division rivals are going to be picking players that could haunt you for years um, <clears throat> just ahead of you. Uh, and I think one of those players that comes off the board here is the cornerback from Alabama, Patrick Sertain the second. I think that's who the Cowboys will go with. They'll pair him with Trayvon Diggs, another Alabama corner they took in the second round in 2020. Uh, and they're going to ride that secondary for as long as they can with those two Bama guys. Uh, but I think Patrick Sertain, I love the legacy. His father played the position for years and years, played it very well, uh, particularly with the Miami Dolphins for, I think, the eight, first eight years of an 11- or 12-year career. Uh, so I'm going with Patrick Sertain, and that might sting the Eagles a little bit because I think he might be the best corner in this draft. But that's who it is. Cowboys go Sertain at 10, and that brings us to the New York Giants. The New York Giants. You know, I've I've been telling people, I've been screaming from the top of buildings, as you know, Ed, Mm -hmm. the history of the Philadelphia Eagles say when they're in the top half of the draft, it's offensive line, defensive line, or quarterback. Obviously, they're not going to be in a position to get a quarterback. So one guy I've consistently brought up is Quiddy Pay, and Eagles fans hate it when I bring up that name. Well, they don't have to worry about it. Because Dave Gettleman is going to surprise everybody and take the edge rusher off the board. Quiddy Pay goes to the New York Giants. Wow. Okay. Well, that'll save Eagles fans a lot of angst. Yes. They wait the 15 minutes yes. out on the clock. He doesn't even get pick. to the Eagles. No. Doesn't even get to them. Okay. Well, I, John, I got to tell you. It does make sense. I, I like it. You know, I like the big trade Carolina going down uh, to 20 with the bears to move up and grab a quarterback. And now you have a, uh, a defensive end coming from the same school as Brandon Graham, who I, I like, I like Quiddy pay. I think he'll have a good NFL career. Very good player. I don't understand all the angst. He's from talking. I've talked to a lot of personnel people over the past couple of weeks. This guy's top 15 on almost everybody's board. For mm-hmm. some reason, Eagles fans don't like him. They've never, probably never seen him play, to be honest. But he's he's highly valued, and I think people are going to be surprised how quickly he goes. Because remember, that's a valued position in the NFL, and it's a down year, uh, bottom line. So certain guys are going to get pushed up the board. I think he's going to be edge rusher number one selected. And look, it's a Giants need. It's a Dave Gettleman type pick. And by the way, Giants fans are going to hate it too. But that's the way he's going. Mm, Okay. Well, you know what that means now, ladies and gentlemen. Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock at number 12. And, um, you know, whose turn is it in the pecking of Connor? You'll get the first crack at this because you're up. We're all going to take a swing at number 12. But Connor's on the 
on the clock. So he'll go first. And I have an idea in talking to Connor these last couple of weeks, exactly where he's going to go with this, but I won't ruin it. Connor, who you taking? Who you got? 12 Eagles. I'm taking JC Hornhead because Philadelphia moved back knowing they're going to get their defensive guy at this pick. They knew 10 offensive guys could go in the first 10 picks. Cause I still think with watching Dak Prescott last year and the offensive line that the Dallas product was out there, that Rashawn Slater goes there at 10. So I think the Eagles are going to have their perfect spot of picking between the corner that they want actually here at 12. And I think that they knew that. I think they knew that trading back. I think that's the plan now all along was we need to get that corner opposite Darius Slay. We did not address that in free agency for a reason because we think Patrick Sertain or J.C. Horn or Caleb Farley are better than what we could have got in free agency given our budget. So I think they go J.C. Horn here at 12. They get their cornerback one of the future, but they get their cornerback two immediately. And he learns from Darius Slay. Who could? That's nothing better than that. That surprised me, Connor. I got to tell you, I, I thought you were going to go. I wanted to go Jalen Waddle. I okay. did want to go Jalen Waddle. I will yeah. say this for the podcast because I did definitely <laughs> want to go Jalen Waddle. I think, you know, with Nick Sirianni's system and the, and the space he's going to give his wide receivers, it's just going to be a match made in heaven. And, and again, there, here's another team who, you know, it's not really reported that they're that high on Jalen Hurts. And I know that Nick Sirianni preached about competition and it's a good president to say. I think it's they're going right about it. But if you really want to tr- show some kind of confidence towards Jalen Hurts that you haven't shown yet, or you want to like give him something, you give him Jalen Waddle. You give him Jalen Waddle. That's for sure. But you know, they just took Jalen Reagan in the first round last year. I really am thinking second round is the right round for them to go wide receiver. They can't, they have, they're better off taking a JC Horn or a Patrick Sertain here at 10, excuse me, at 12, than they are taking a Asante Samuel Jr. or a, or a Eric Stokes at 37, because I just don't, well, we don't know this coaching staff yet. I mean, this I mean, John, this is a whole new coaching staff. So take the most proven products because you've been failing that corner when you haven't. Yeah. I'm not you're not gonna get an <laughs> argument from me. I like the pick. Um, I can't wait to hear what John has to say. John, where are you going here? Well, let me say this. I have a couple avenues for it. A, if if the board falls the way it has fallen in our draft, I'm taking Rashawn Slater for the Philadelphia Eagles. However, I do not think Rashawn Slater is going to be there overall. So uh, I do think J.C. Horn's probably the most likely player to land at 12 to the Eagles uh, at this stage. Um, but again, we're doing our mock draft. And if, if Rashawn Slater's there, I mean, I'm taking it. No brainer. I'm running the card up. That's what this team believes in. Um, that is a top 10 level player at a position they value. And remember, people talk about Jonathan Gannon, Jonathan Gannon's history is is cornerbacks. But, but if you look at, at if you look at what he did in Indianapolis, he got Xavier Rhodes off the, the scrap heap after a terrible year in Minnesota, built him up into being a decent player again. TJ Carey, not 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 a superstar corner. So the people who assume they're just okay, they got to go get a corner. Look, if that's the best player on the board. Uh, and and J.C. Horn's in that conversation. Yeah, I could understand it. But Jonathan Gannon can work with what, you know, fans might think are average cornerbacks and turn them into above-average cornerbacks. So I think you have to factor in it. The way this has fallen, you got to take Rashawn Slater. That's what this team believes in. Oh, man. I Well, listen, you know, 
I know you love your linemen, John. You're built like a you're built like a, a guard, <laughs> an interior lineman, that's for sure. So I can see the love for Rashawn. Well, Slater. well plus it's the Eagles' love too. Yeah, it Not is just Eagles. mine. You're right. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to butt in here, but Brandon Brooks is on the trade block. Yep. So it's very possible that they do take Slater here and they play him at right guard day one, and they go all. I mean, look at the offensive line; it's all thirties. Everybody's in their thirties besides say Amalu and Malata, and then. Those still are not really proven household names. It's not as crazy as everybody thinks. They could do that pick. And especially if Slater's there, the value definitely matches 12. It's, he's a top 10 player in this draft. So what if Slater's not there? Do you go Elijah Vera Tucker then? Uh, I, I, I will say this about Vera Tucker. Daniel Jeremiah said a similar thing. I've been saying it for weeks. If you go six years forward, and we're talking about this draft, Daniel called him one of the cleanest, one of the safest players in this draft. Um, he's going to be a three-time Pro Bowler about seven, eight years down the road. Are we going to be saying that about the three receivers? I doubt it. Hmm. So that's the kind of pick Eagles fans would hate uh, in the moment. And like I said, seven, eight years down the line, uh, they would love it because I think he's going to turn into a very, very good player. But I don't think they would take him at 12. I think they might trade out and, and take him uh, if they can get down, you know, a couple spots. It's not going to be crazy, 15, 16, because I think, I think Howie Roseman is too obsessed with value. He likes to match value with where he is. And I think he, he thinks he could get Baratuck a, l- a little bit later. Then again, you got the Chargers, I think, are at 13. Yep. Minnesota's at 14. They are both offensive line deficient teams. So he might not even fall past 14 at the latest. Yeah. I'm glad we're having this conversation, though, because I, a lot of Eagles fans think it's not possible. Like, there's no way that they take offensive line. But, I mean, knowing the history of this team and philosophy, but not only that, look at all the offensive guys they had on the coaching staff. Indianapolis has one of the best offensive lines, if not the best in the NFL. So this, they have philosophies in that building, not just from the front office, but from the coaching staff too, that they want to build through the trenches. And uh, I would not be surprised to hear an offensive line name called in at 12. Yeah. And let me add, by the way, Connor, you were talking about Miami and you said, I, I don't necessarily agree with you only because I think Jamar Chase is by far the best receiver in this draft. And I would take him. but you bring up a good point with redundancy. Bottom line to me is Jalen Waddell, and Devontae Smith are both Z receivers. There's a lot of redundancy with Jalen Rager. The Eagles need an X receiver. That's why I'm looking. They need the big body. They need the all Sean Jeffrey type to mix in with Jalen Rager because they don't want to give up on Jalen Rager. I'll be the first to tell you that Devontae Smith is a better player. Jalen Waddle's a better player than Jalen Rager, but they don't want to give up on Jalen Rager. So what are you going to throw them both? on the field with Greg Ward or Quez Watkins and you're trying to get a young quarterback and you know what if what if Jalen Hurts has to convert a third and seven who's going to catch the back shoulder who's going to be the contested catch guy I don't think you're doing your quarterback any favors and 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 that scheme look looks like a great pick in a vacuum but I don't think the pieces fit together with Waddle or Smith Kmart announces the Freedom Store is closing forever. Millions of dollars in inventory must be sold. 
Store-wide discounts up to 75% off. Every department is on sale. All fine jewelry, fashion apparel, footwear, toys, health and beauty aids, and cosmetics are now on sale in-store. Everything must go. Nothing held back. Selling to the bare walls. Even store fixtures are all for sale. Shop now for best selection only at the Kmart store in Freedom at 1702 Freedom Boulevard. It is business as usual at all other Kmart stores. Well, to answer your question, I think they're hoping it could be Travis Fulgham or J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. I know the fan base is fed up with it, but, you know, we'll see under this new coaching staff if they can. But then who sits then, Ed? Who sits? Then you have to have, you know, your slot receiver probably plays 60, 65% of the time. You know, who sits, Rager, who, Rager or, or the, the wide receiver, let's say it's Jalen Waddell. Yeah. Well, you want him out there more than that. Yeah. Well, I think you could play either one of them in the slot. Waddle or. Yeah, you could, or, but or I'm, sta- I'm still saying if you're a slot receiver, you're, you're, you're that third receiver from a playing time standpoint. Yeah. So you're probably going to play 65% of the time, 60, 65%. Gotcha. Well, I'll tell you who I would take. And, you know, listen, I, let me first say that there was uh, someone on Twitter mentioned the, what would you do if you're the Eagles if Devontae Smith is still sitting there and the Baltimore Ravens call because they want Smith and they offer you, they just made the trade um, with, uh, who was it with? I think 31. Yeah, they, they have picked 27. The Chiefs. The Chiefs. Yeah. So they have the 27th pick yeah. of their own. They have the 31st pick now at Kansas City's. What if they called and said, we'll give you 27 and 31 and maybe throw in a player or, or a pick next year uh, to move all the way up to 12? And then the Eagles would have picks 27, 31, and 37. And, man, that would be a pretty good stretch right there. I mean, I, I think if, if Howie could negotiate three good players out of it. And, you know, I really thought long and hard about the prospect of doing that, and I would do it in a second. I'm not going to do it here. But I would do it there. It, it, you know, I would go down to 27 and maybe get a Kadarius Tony at 27 or a Jalen Phillips and then or an Asante Samuel. And then you come back at pick 31 and you get one of those guys, maybe Bateman's still around. Um, but, you know, I think that gives you a nice run of three players that you could take among the first 37. And I would do that if I was Philadelphia. But I won't do it here. Um, I could see them trading back to Minnesota because Minnesota might want to get ahead of the Chargers and get maybe the best offensive lineman that's still out there. Um, but I'll, I'll so stay. That put. could be Slater. That yeah, would that, be Slater. That would be Slater. And then maybe the Chargers would take J.C. Horn, but you still have Jalen Waddell sitting there. Um, you still have Micah Parsons sitting there, and everybody doesn't think the Eagles are going to take a linebacker. But, um, you know, you would still be able to get Waddell at that pick. And you would acquire, you know, some more draft capital. Maybe you, you get Minnesota's second round pick to do that, or even a third round pick. I don't know what the points chart would tell you in that situation. Yeah, I don't. I do not think the Vikings have a second round pick because of the Yannick and Dockway trade. So that would have to be sort of a future uh, second round pick. But there's always a potential. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I would probably go if I'm sitting at 12 and, I, and I'm and i going to sit there at 12, and I would do the same thing Connor did. I would go with J.C. Horn, um, the cornerback. I think he has the potential to be the best defensive player in this draft. I like his physicality. He does get called for P.I. a lot. At least he did at South Carolina. But they really need to address this cornerback position. Darius Slay, 30 years old. 
huge salary cap hit next year and the year after, after restructuring his deal. Um, they need to get two cornerbacks in this draft. And to me, J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertain are the two very best. You miss out on Sertain, but a great consolation prize is J.C. Horn. And, and, and that's who I'm taking with the Eagles pick at number 12, um, another cornerback. And listen, I think that, you know, he'll step right in day one starter, probably go through his struggles. But I think that, you know, he'll, he'll come through it okay and he'll be a cornerback for the many, many years with the Eagles. Um, so that's where I'm going. All right. So none of us made trades. We're heading to pick 37 second round. Um, what are we doing here? Let's see. Who's up me, I guess. What would I do I, to me? I'm trading back into the first round here. I'm going to, I'm going to give up my 37th pick and I'm going to try to see if the Cleveland Browns want to trade down. You have to find to me, in my opinion, a team that already has a pretty well-stocked roster. Uh, who might feel, you know, they don't really need to have a first round pick at this point. That's what the Chiefs did, I, I believe. Um, you know, move back a little bit, still find somebody that will help your team uh, and acquire a little bit more draft capital. So if I'm the Eagles, I'm going to trade up and give up my, my uh, second round pick. I'm going to try uh, with Cleveland <laughs> at 26. If that doesn't work, I might try to hit the Ravens at 27 or the Bills at number 30. Uh, I'm going to say the Bills at this point. I'll give up my second-round pick. I'll throw in Zach Ertz, and I'll get one of the Bills, maybe a, a fourth-round pick from Buffalo uh, in, in exchange for that. And then I'm moving up to number 30. Uh, and at which point, I'm going to take Kadarius Toney, um, the wide receiver from the University of Florida. I know John said you need that big you know, body guy, but I, I think they need to upgrade the slot. I don't think Greg Ward is a – 70% snap guy or 60% snap guy. And um, listen, I, I think it was Daniel Jeremiah who said that the Eagles need somebody that can catch a short pass and turn it into a long play. And I think Kadarius Tony out of the slot and he can line up outside too, but I think he gives you that. I think he has a familiarity with, uh, you know, the quarterback coach, Brian Johnson, who was his OC at Florida. And plus how he's a Florida guy. So I'm, I'm going to trade back into the first round give up my second round pick um, and Zach Ertz in exchange for a fourth rounder from Buffalo. And I'm going to take Kadarius Tony. Hmm. Who's up next, John. What do you, yeah, think? I, I, you know, I, I gotta be a little bit nimble because I thought it was going to go JC Horn. I thought we were going to go three for three, but Slater ended up falling. Uh, so I was going to go corner at 37. There's a lot of good corners. Uh, it's a deep drafted corner, but now I got to go in a different direction. I could still, I didn't get the corner, so I could still go in that direction, but I, you know, wide receiver as well is a big uh, important. And as you mentioned, I think there's redundancy. I think Daniel Jeremiah is correct. I think the Eagles need that player, but I talked about player development. Jalen Rager's got to be that player. That's why he was brought here. Nick Sirianni's got, a history with the wide receiver position. He gets so excited. He wants to slam the table, slam the microphone when he's talking ball about the wide receiver position. So I got to respect that he's going to get Jalen Rager on the right track. I want Terrace Marshall. I don't know if he's going to fall to 37, but that is your X receiver. That's the fit. That is the fit for this team. And it would be perfect at 37 overall. If he falls to that position, even though I still need a corner because I didn't get a corner, 
I got to take Terrace Marshall. Wasn't there some health issues with him that recently came about didn't, at the combine that when they did the medical checks, didn't, wasn't there a red flag raised on Terrace Marshall? Uh, well, I mean, you know, one of the things I was going to bring up is, you know, I think a surprise, you mentioned Jalen Phillips, uh, uh, Connor, you mentioned Caleb Partley. Caleb Partley would be tremendous value if, if Arshgar Noda, who's the Eagles chief medical officer, if he clears these guys. Now, I don't think the Eagles are in a position to take a lot of red flags because of their recent history with injuries. But, boy, at, at 37, you know, you think about Sidney Jones in the second round. That's when the Eagles start to see value in really talented players. I don't think it's as big as a deal when you have red flags on certain guys. Um, I think the fit is just too perfect to pass up. Um, but, again, I mean, I could see Marshall going to in, in the back half of the first round as well. So mm -hmm. uh, a lot of his contingent, uh, the two Georgia cornerbacks, I don't think Newsom from Northwestern, he's going to go in the first round. Uh, there's so many good corners, though. I think somebody will fall. But if Marshall's on the board, I got to take him. All right. That's exactly um, who I was going to take. I was exactly going to take Terrence Marshall Jr. Um, not only that, the Eagles have done a ton of homework on him. They're incredibly yeah. interested. So – I don't even know if he'll make it to 37, but I won't even doubt the Eagles moving up. Like you said, I think the perfect scenario is sending Ertz to Buffalo, send them an actual fourth round pick to get to 30. And I think if they do get to 30, they would take Terrence Marshall Jr. I do believe that's the wide receiver they are targeting this draft. I think Tony would be, uh, Kadarius Tony would be great for this team, though. I do think uh, he'd be great in the slot. And I do believe with the shift more to 11 personnel, and the focus being more with uh, Sirianni's offense, I do think the slot wide receiver, as it's shown in, in past destinations where he's been, is going to have – it could be the number one target for this team this year is coming from the slot. So I do think there's going to be a lot of usage from the slot. So taking one – taking a slot wide receiver like Elijah Moore or Tony here in the second round or moving up to get one of those guys makes a lot of sense for what this team is going to be transforming to offensively. But Terrence Marshall, again, like John just said, the perfect exit is what – the perfect deck is what they need. And, you know, I think as I think how he is kicking himself for the Justin Jefferson blunder. And I do think they want to come back and get the LSU wide receiver that they know that is very talented, proved to be continued to be talented without Joe Burrow there this past season after they struggled with their quarterback issues. Terrence Marshall Jr., either they get him at 37 or they move up to 30 and get him, be tremendous value for the Eagles. And again, they get their future X of the team. All right, so we're moving into the third round here. Eagles still have two picks. We haven't traded either of those away, and let's knock these out. We'll start with uh, with you, Connor. Um, you so far have them taking the cornerback and a wide receiver, so where are you going? Pick 70, and then give us your 84th pick, too. I'm going Quincy Roche from uh, Miami. I really think they want to get an edge rusher in this draft. I know you said it yourself that it's either going to be day one or day two, and I agree with you. I mean, I don't believe that this coaching staff is going to be that high on Derek Barnett. I think he doesn't have a long-term future in Philadelphia. I think this team at this point would rather invest in Josh Sweat. And as we all know, Josh Sweat hasn't proven himself to be a quality starting player. He's shown him to be a pass rush situational player. So they need to get that edge rusher that they can develop to be at least a two-down guy. And I think Quincy Roche in the third round, especially at pick 70, would be perfect for that. So I haven't going there. And I, I I just can't – every time I ask about the quarterback market or I try to get a feel for the, the quarterback market and where the Eagles are going to go, Davis Mills' name just keeps popping up and popping up and popping up. And I think the David Shaw connection to Philadelphia, I think Larry really does – you know, they took J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. They felt confident taking J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. 
I don't know why. I know that they have a Stanford connection with Shaw and everything. Uh, I do think they would feel confident the same way in Davis Mills. And I do think, you know, they love Jalen Hurts. They want to be sold on Jalen Hurts, but they also want to add a quarterback in this draft to compete with them. And I know 84 might be a little bit high for people, but I do think if Davis Mills is there, they're going to view 84 as their second, fourth, I mean, really another fourth round pick because this wasn't, they they go into this draft and they didn't have 84 originally. They got it from the Colts and the Carson so this is kind of a, a throw-in at this point at this pick, and I think they can go quarterback here. It's very possible, and I do think it might be Davis Mills. Interesting. I like it. Davis Mills. I, I know they've done homework on Davis. I hope Mills. they don't do quarterback that early. Yeah. What is? <laughs> but I hope. I, I mean, I think we all hoped that last year when they took Jalen Hurts at fifty-three. So I, you can't rule it out. No, no, you can never it. rule it out in the quarterback factory. You are right about that, Connor. <laughs> Uh, who you got? But I, you know, if I, you know, I think Connor's on the right. I still need a corner, so I'm looking at Stanford. I'm looking third round. Well, who would be available? I know the Eagles have done a ton of work on them. Paulson Adebo from Stanford. Um, and by the way, I think that's tremendous value at the corner position. If you're not able to get that done earlier in the draft, as I was not able to, if I'm taking. Rashawn Slater and Terrace Marshall. I got to get a corner. Uh, why not look to Stanford? That's what the Eagles always do. You know, it's going to be a smart kid. Um, let's hope he's uh, more Zach Ertz than J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. But we all know they do love David Shaw and the Stanford connection. They could go two corners in this draft anyways. They really need to. Avante Maddox's future is up in the air. He needs to reprove himself in this new coaching staff. Darius Slay, like Ed keeps pointing out, that cap hit is way too high. It's not going to happen next couple of years. Even if they take a corner in the first, they still need to get a corner in this draft, and I would I would do so rather high with the run on corners they're probably going to have in the first two days of the draft. Yeah, and it is a deep year for corners, so that's that's a little bit helpful. Yeah, I love Paulson Adebo. Uh, in fact, he he would be someone I would really look hard at in the third round. So, all right, so you took the corner, John. You finally got a corner for this team that needs corners. Where are you going with the 84th overall pick, the second pick of that third round? You you like the well, quarterback like Connor does? You going quarterback here or somewhere else? I can't go quarterback until day three. I I, I think the Eagles, when it comes to quarterback, I think the Eagles have kind of hinted uh, just by the way they've done business, I think they're looking towards 2022. Um, and whether it's a veteran, whether Deshaun Watson clears up his issues, Russell Wilson, I always call him the white whale. They, they never shut up about what, wanting Russell Wilson. Uh, he's going to be out of Seattle, I think, after this season, barring them winning the Super Bowl. Even Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I think he's going to be out of Green Bay after this season. So they're going to have – and then you talk about the top ten picks, whether it's Sam Howell, if the Eagles have another bad season. Even if they don't, they're going to have most likely three first-round picks to go up and get a quarterback if they want to get somebody in the draft. So I don't think they're going quarterback until three, day three. I do look at edge rusher. Boy, you start looking at the third round, who's going to be available uh, on the edge. You got the two Pittsburgh kids. Maybe it's a little bit early uh, for them, uh, but I do like both of those. Uh, sort of what your favorite player flavor is. I know another Howie Roseman type, uh, Howie Roseman uh, saying that he always throws out there, but I like Jones from Pitt. I've been on Jones since 
early in this process. Maybe people look at him as a little reach at that point, but I like him as a player. Yeah, they, they, I, again, Daniel Jeremiah, I always default to him. I very well respected in my opinion. Um, and he says he doesn't see the Eagles leaving the second day without a big, you know, some kind of a pass rusher. And, you know, Connor mentioned it earlier, you know, Derek Barnett last year of his deal. Um, you know, what are they going to do with him? Uh, you know, so yeah, I think an edge rusher and, and that kind of leads me into my thinking here at number 70 is I, I really like Peyton Turner from Houston. He may be gone by 70. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be there, but I like, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure he's going to be there, but that, that to me, you know, I would look past rusher at this round and I would go Peyton Turner. I mean, Quincy, Quincy Roche is a, is a good, good pick there. Um, but you see who's left at 70, and that's who you're going to take as your pass rusher. And I'll, I'll just kind of count right now on maybe him being there, Peyton Turner. A little dicey, I know. It's a, it's a deep way to go. But, look, I know the Eagles have talked to him. I know they like him. They've talked to everybody, it seems. But I know they like Peyton Turner. Um, maybe they try to trade up uh, to, to get him. You know, maybe they try and jump up, you know, five to ten spots if they can. They have a lot of ammo on that third day if teams are willing to bite. Um, so I think they like Peyton Turner, and they're going to find a way to get him, whether it's at 70 uh, or, or not. And then I love Paulson Turner or Paulson Adebo uh, with my second pick, but, I, you know, I'm not going to do the same there with John. I think I would go Robert Rochelle here, the, uh, you know, the small school. Uh, I think he's from Central Arkansas. Um, the cornerback who really, to me, has great upside. Um, so I'm going to go Robert Rochelle, cornerback in the third round here. They get their second cornerback. I think it's the two solid cornerbacks with Horn and Rochelle. Um, and then you start to build from there. And Rochelle can play the slot, um, put some pressure on Avante Maddox for that job. And so they go defense and defense here uh, in the third round. So we'll see how that comes out. Uh, and now we'll go to day three and uh, they have a fourth rounder, a fifth rounder, three in the sixth and two in the seventh. We won't get into names at this point or we will, but we won't do every single pick in the, uh, in the final day. But um, where do you see them going here, Connor, on that third day? What are some positions that you think uh, or some names you think could be available even in the fourth and fifth round? Yeah, I got some names to just drop off right at the top, and I'm going to go first. Kelvin Joseph, the cornerback out of Kentucky, I think you can get in day three, and I think you can have some strong upside starting for the Eagles, and I, I would love to see Jonathan Gannon get his hands on Kelvin Joseph, the corner out of Kentucky, and Jamar Johnson, too, the safety from Indiana. I do think they're going to go safety no matter what in this draft. Uh, I don't I don't really know if they're sold on Marcus Epps being the backup behind Anthony Harris. Again, he's on a one-year deal. Ronnie McLeod's on the last year of his deal. Kayvon Wallace still needs to prove himself. I still think you need to add to the safety room. So Jamar Johnson would be a great name out of Indiana, I think. And, you know, we're talking about wide receivers, and we're specifically naming the X. The Eagles obviously have a hole there. Fogel might not be the answer. I doubt Arcega Whiteside is. Why not give a chance like a guy to Cornell Powell out of Clemson, the wide receiver? I think that'd be a great guy to bring in in the round five range and, you know, really compete to be that X wide receiver. And the upside might be there with him as well. And they have to get Jason Kelsey's replacement in this draft. It has to happen. They have to bring in the center that, you know, whether it's in round four, round five, somewhere in that range, maybe even six where Kelsey was drafted originally, but they have to get somebody in there that they really are high on. And I think Drew Dowman, the center out of safety out of Stanford would be the great guy. Stick, stick with your Stanford connection. Uh, his stats with his pass blocking stats are amazing. I think that'd be a great guy to 
have Kelsey mold for a year and take over next year in 2022. And then, you know, they had to go tight end. They're going to have to replace Zach Ertz in this draft. And I know Hunter Long is one of your favorites, Ed. I do like John Bates out of Boise State. I think John Bates and Dallas Goddard are, would be a great tandem for years to come together. And, you know, they're still going to have some kind of 12 personnel inklings into their offense. It's not going to be as much as it was under Doug Peterson, but Sirianni, his first two years in Indianapolis with Frank Reich, they were very high in the 12 personnel usage. So I do think a tight end is going to have to be added in this draft. Very good. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. They, they've got holes everywhere. Can't go yeah, wrong. You know, really. you just got to identify the, the one that's going to stick and the one that's going to help you win. Like Howie said, we don't draft backups, right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that one. Uh, all right, John, what do you, what do you, where do you go here? Uh, probably quarterback, I'm sure. And of course, like you said earlier, the punter. I yeah. I, I, the one name that's well, two names, uh, long, I, I think tight end Zach's not going to be here. I think after draft weekend. So Hunter long makes a lot of sense for me. Quarterback. Yeah. They're going to take one on day three. And then I start to look at, uh, the Ian books of the world, the Sam Ellingers of the world, the really smart guys, developmental types who could settle in. Also, KJ Costello, we go Stanford. He didn't finish up at Stanford, but he started at Stanford. And I know the Eagles have been talking to him quite a bit. I think he could be uh, a late round, even a seventh round pick at the quarterback position. Running back, they need a running back and they need a compliment to Miles Sanders. Look, I would love, and I was thinking about taking Javante Williams in, in the second round. That's how desperate I am. And I think that kid's going to be a superstar. Yep, in this I league. love him. And I think he would be uh, running back one really quickly on this team. That's how good I think he's going to be in the NFL. Um, I, I do want to get away from – the, the Darren Sproles, Boston Scott types. So I know a lot of people look at Carter, the other kid from North Carolina. I, I, I don't under, I don't think that's a good way to go. Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis as he falls. He's uh, got a little bit more size. He's kind of short as well, probably like five, eight. I think if he fell to the second uh, day, which is, excuse me, day three, which is probably not likely, but there's at least a chance I would jump on him. So I need a running back, quarterback. Um, you know, they're going to take an interior defensive lineman. You know, everybody said that, that this is the worst defensive tackle class in, you know, 20, 30 years. So that's going to be difficult. You know, the Eagles have 11 picks. Remember, 2018, 2019, they only had five picks. So they have a little bit of a luxury. And there's no Camp Johnson. He's in te he's with the Texans. Aaron Sipos, is he going to be your punter? I want Presley Harbin here from Georgia Tech. Fans <laughs> would love him. 255 punter who can throw, pound punter who can throw the football. Ray Guy winner, I, right? You did a nice yeah, story. Ray Guy winner. Yep. Yeah. I would hey. love to see him here with a seventh-round pick. I'll tell you who your punter's going to be. He's also going to be your backup tight end. It's a kid from uh, – Zach Davidson is his name. Yeah, he's from Missouri. Yeah, tight end. Yeah, he's tight, tight end, end and he's a punter. He can yeah. do both. He could probably long slap snap as well. He's Those a hybrid, are... John. He's a hybrid. I know you love the hybrid. I'm going. I think they're gonna. I really think they're gonna take a long look at him. Maybe in the sixth round. I love Kendrick Green, the interior offensive guard, who can play center from Illinois. 
Um, I, you know, I think he could be in play. You're going to have to go maybe a fifth round on him, maybe even a fourth. Um, we've already talked about quarterbacks. I would love to see them get Jamie Newman, um, the Wake Forest quarterback who ended up at Georgia. But again, you're going to have to go fourth or fifth round. But I don't expect Howie to be sitting there waiting for his turn to come. He's going to try to use some of this late day, late draft collateral that he has. Try to find yeah. a team that's interested, maybe a team that's got a roster already firmly in place that knows, you know, these guys aren't really going to make the team this year, but we can get them and put them on a practice squad if we like them. Um, so I think, you know, some names to watch are Kendrick Green from Illinois. I think he's a fantastic guard center type. He can play center. Uh, I like Jamie Newman. And a running back, I agree with you, is that I love is Chuba Hubbard or Chuba Hubbard. Uh, one of the Canadians in this draft, along with Benjamin St. Juice, the Minnesota quarterback. That's who I love, by the way. I uh, thought about Benjamin St. Juice in the third round as well. Yeah, I know. He's he's a very long, lanky corner that could play well in the NFL. But I like Chuba Hubbard. I like Chris Evans a little bit from the University of Michigan as a running back too. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of who they need. And then you know, I think a safety, you know, like Connor said, they do need to look at that safety spot, not sold on Marcus Epps. I don't think um, maybe some familiarity with him being in Minnesota before he came here helps him. But, you know, a guy that I like late, maybe in the seventh round is that Georgia safety, uh, Richard, um, Richard LeCount, I think his name is, but I could see him possibly being in play here. And I, they're just going to take a defensive tackle because they have to. And I don't know where they're going to find one. I, I know that Colorado has a, a someone that's mentioned late, but I, I think they'll take a defensive tackle somewhere if they keep all 11 picks. And again, I don't expect Howie to be. Yeah, I don't expect him to either. To yeah, take I all think 11 he, picks. he's going to keep trying to move up, move up, move up, maybe move back if he can for next year when the pick, you know, trade when for on expiring deals. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Could they could trade for a guy that you did phasing out with his team. And especially that defensive tackle spot, I can't really, you know, come up with names off the top of my head like I that. Know. But if there's some something out there that they might explore and add, you know, a young player that's not working out with this team, uh, when a player wants to, when a team wants to get a draft pick or move up in a draft. Exactly, they could they could land some some actual bodies instead of picks, some some players from other teams. So, I think it's going to be a fun three days. It's going to be a very busy three days for for the Eagles. And um, listen, we'll wrap this up. I mean, I, I'm really pumped for it. I can't wait. Uh, for at the start. I can't wait to see who they bring into this team. Need help everywhere. Uh, any last thoughts, John, Connor? Well, I, I'd like to get your guys' thoughts, not who you think the Eagles. Go back to the first round, not who you think the Eagles are going to pick, because I always talk about their DNA, their foundation. I want to know who you guys want in Philadelphia, even though it's probably not going to happen. What are your favorite players? Mine is the kid from Notre Dame, J-O-K. The Eagles always talk about positionalist players. Always talk about it. Never do anything about it. That To me, that guy's the future of football. And he's probably going to go 1920. I think he's going to go to Washington, unfortunately, what I think is the 19th pick. Um, man, I would love to see him here. I, I He can play anywhere in the back seven. He, he, Malcolm Jenkins like but young I, and, and by the way Ed I, you and I were on his pro day he got a question about Philadelphia he, that was the best answer anyone's ever given about playing in Philadelphia as well 
to me, he would be a perfect fit, but I don't think this team is innovative enough to do it. Well, you never know. This 30-something staff might be innovative enough, but he's a great name. Connor, what do you, what do you think about somebody? Oh, Kyle Pitts. Would have been Kyle Pitts. You know, the way that, that yeah. your the tight end is being revolutionized in football, you can run your entire offense through a tight end and, you know, it, it, you can go to a Super Bowl doing so. Uh, look what Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Ertz even did in 2017, 2018. I mean, tight ends, it's a tight end-driven league, and Kyle Pitts is a generational talent, uh, especially for a team that lacks a true number one receiver. He would have been that for the Eagles. So I would, I would, I couldn't pass up. I think he's the best player in this draft. Mm. Yeah, boy, that, that's they're two tough answers to pass because I, I love both of them. You know, uh, Pitts. Well, I was Pitts. thinking more at twelve, but the Connor's probably right at six. Well, you know, the Eagles, yeah. the Eagles had a chance at six, maybe an outside chance, but they gave it up. Yeah, well, all right. You know who I would take? That's that's too soon. Would be Jalen Phillips. I think you know. Yeah, I like that. I like I, that I like, one. I like him a lot. I was on his pro day. He seems really bound and determined to prove people wrong that he loves football. That's his number one passion. Uh, was asked a lot about it on his pro day and how he squares semi-retiring when he was at UCLA. He has a concussion issue, um, but I think you know at twelve too soon. But I really like Jalen Phillips. Um, to me, I think he has the potential to be better than Quiddy Pay. Uh, but again, he's a top 10 talent. If he didn't have those concussion issues and he didn't have the retirement, as you mentioned, he'd be top 10 in this draft. He's by far the most talented edge rusher. Yeah. I mean, Ed, you I, had I, I like Jr. pounding the table for him. That's yeah. one of the best recommendations. You, you had Jim Moore Jr. pounding the table for him. That's one of the best recommendations you can get. That's right. He loves his character, has no problems with it, knows him well. Um, but yeah, those are three guys. They're they're great. I love JOK, Jeremiah, Wusa, Koromoa. Uh boy, he, he can cover in the slot. He'd come in and you he can play him at slot cornerback. Uh yeah. he can play safety. He can he can blitz off the edge. The only question is, and I know it was an issue with He's Isaiah the most Simmons. versatile player yeah. I've ever seen. People talk about Isaiah Simmons yeah. last year. Now Simmons is bigger. Yeah. And, and that's why he was at the top of it. This kid is way more refined, uh, but he's undersized, you know, 215. So you get that, you get that tweener label. I think he can just play. And ultimately teams talk about it, but they never pull the trigger on these types of players. Right. I know he's about 215 pounds, but, but Kyle Pitts, man, he's not sliding. If he goes, to, no, the Cowboys no. would snap him right up if he's sitting there at 10. Um, all right. Well, that's it. That's it, fellas. Uh, excellent job. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, enjoy the draft. Hope we gave you a little bit of insight uh, as to what we're thinking and what might happen. I would, don't go out and bet the house on it, but, uh, you know, we had some fun with it. So thank you, everybody. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.